podcast episode 44, a rundown of DreamHack Masters Stockholm and a preview of the London Face It Major 2018. Now, just before we jump into Stockholm and the major, a little bit of news. In the last week, French player XMS has announced his retirement via that uh, modern uh, instrument of heraldic announcements, Twitter. If you're not too familiar with XMS, he he was a French player. He's a 21-year-old guy. He began his career in 2016 on LDLC and he moved to Envious in 2017. Uh, now, that team sort of slid long and slowly down a slide directed by none other than IGL Happy. His best result with that team was a win at DreamHack Open Atlanta 2017, but they didn't do much else. His career apparently uh, netted him $66,000 in winnings all up, but that wasn't enough to keep him in the game. He cited in his tweet longer that some of the mentalities of French players was not to his liking and suggested that perhaps they were more interested in money than tournament wins or trophies, as he put it. So uh, <clears throat> whether that's the case or not, it's a loss to the scene. Perhaps uh, at the very least because of one of the plays which he made at the PGL Major Krakow 2017. If you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, give it a Google. XMS 5K PGL Major Krakow 2017 versus Kingwin. I actually stand by this as possibly the greatest round of Counter-Strike of all time. Uh, Not just because it's a uh, technically skilled 5K clutch of this man, but it is also the most bizarre round. And if you know it, you know what I mean. He does not reload his AK. He ends up dying in his own flames. And basically every kill is a one tap. It's almost too good to be memorable. It's uh, it's almost like it's, he's playing a different game. Um, and so if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's a shame that someone capable of plays like that is uh, leaving the scene, but perhaps he will make more of an impact on uh, whatever game he goes to next. Moving on to my uh, favorite, aka least favorite topic at this point in time, Virtus Pro. They are about to play NIP in the Face It Major qualifiers right now. And uh, Pasho in an interview has said that this might be his last major. I think it was with Double Tap. It wasn't clear whether that's because he's considering retirement or just does not believe that he has what it takes to qualify for another one. Could be a combination of both. But I suspect that retirement is on the horizon, which is, you know, why, why are we even watching the sport if Pasha's going to retire? Uh, Engine, Engine, he of Space Soldiers fame, has announced via Twitter he has not been able to secure a visa for the London Face It Major only a couple of days before their first match. In fact, they're about to play in about 10 seconds uh, their first opening match against Rogue. Unfortunately for that team, we haven't seen them on a land for a while, and this was going to be sort of their comeback of sorts. He's been replaced by the coach who's had to step in. And um, 
it's hard it's hard to say what uh, who might be at fault here because I'm not sure of the political situation between Turkey and the UK but surely someone has dropped the ball slightly considering it's the major and you would have thought visas would have been uh, secured months in advance especially since the rest of the team has been able to secure their visas now today another last piece of news uh, it has been announced by order the Australian team, that Elmer Putty is going to be their coach. If you've heard of Elmer Putty, it's probably through his YouTube videos, which break down and analyze plays, rounds, strats, and techniques from major and uh, very high-level pro teams. He's a smart guy. He's very articulate. Uh, I like to call him the pud. He doesn't know who I am, but... Um, there you go. Uh, he is. He used to be the uh, coach, actually, for a team called Darksided. So he's no stranger to this. Darksided, if you're not aware, was an Australian team. They didn't do too much, uh, but they were released in uh, June earlier this year. And they do count among their former players, uh, people like Flicks, people like Texter, people like Dick Stacey. So uh, it's, it's, it's unclear to me, looking at the Liquipedia article on Darksided, whether or not Elmer or the pud was in fact a coach at the time when those players were there but either way he's no stranger to it and hopefully this will see order regain some of the form that they had at the very start of the year because since that time since they began slumping a bit greyhound have stepped in to take the mantle of the best australian team and uh, perhaps this will be the kick up the pants that those boys need now let's move on to dreamhack stockholm masters 2018 This was the first time that uh, DreamHack held an event in Stockholm. We usually uh, we usually see them in uh, Malmo. We saw it in uh, Las Vegas last year. This was a two hundred fifty thousand dollar event, which meant which meant that the number one team got a hundred thousand dollars. And I have to say, just in a uh, broad overview of the um, event itself the face cams actually were beautifully done i don't know if you guys noticed but the actual lighting on the faces on the players faces just somehow were uh, was uh, was gorgeous and the um whatever fisheye lenses they use weren't quite as distorted as usual so you actually had a really great insight into what the player was how the player was acting while they were um you know in the midst of a, a clutch or a or a nail biting play so uh, hats off to dreamhack stockholm although uh, one thing that was noticeable was that the crowd was not there for this event and perhaps it's because it's the first time in stockholm anyway the group stages I'm going to just race through because they were basically best of one. Stralis took a dump on Greyhound. Ghosts actually beat Na'Vi quite narrowly, but still beat them. Uh, NIP beat NRG. Heroic took Phase to the brink. It was a scary moment for those boys, but they won at 1917. Mouse Sports absolutely wrecked Gambit. Their, their um, long uh, slide into oblivion continues. Optic actually beat Fnatic, which was quite surprising considering Optic's recent form. But MIB beat Hellraisers. MIBR, I should say, beat Hellraisers, continuing their ascent uh, post-Zotac. In the best of threes, uh, North beat Astralis 2-1 on Nuke, Inferno, and Mirage. And Astralis weren't actually looking that sharp, whereas the North players looked like they'd been in some sort of deep training rhythm. Uh, Heroic then beat Fnatic 2-0, which was... Uh, surprising again, continuing on. Fnatic uh, 
seemingly back into their slumpy form. Uh, Esatag was playing large, or Esatag, as the casters like to call them. I'm not sure which one's correct. They were looking great, heroic, actually, despite um, North actually having one of their most stable players in the form of Nico, and uh, they were playing with the stand-in Mertz. They actually looked quite good. Mertz, if you recall, was uh, kicked from North and was looking much more stable on Heroic than he was on North. So it seems that that little uh, player trade has done wonders for both of those teams. Um, Fnatic just kind of looked weak. It's not not clear to me what's going on with that team. Um, Draken and Exist, I don't see how they could really improve on the core of JW, uh, Flusher and Crims, but um, maybe that just needs a bit of time. Now, Ghost faced off against NIP, and they put up an amazing fight. NIP ended up winning 2-1, and uh, Forrest gave a little interview afterwards saying he didn't have the brains to be the IGL, but he thought Lecro did. Um, and I think he, I think he's correct. Lecro, when I interviewed him, was very calm and intelligent, and... Um, and and I think he's a little older than you might think. At least he was older than I thought. And so he's probably got more maturity than you might think as a uh, as a cash viewer. Uh, this was a shame for Ghost because they'd had a great showing at Zotac and they had a great showing here as uh, highlighted at Zotac. Wardell is an absolute uh, beast of the scene. I, you know, whether he stays at Ghost or not in the future will but remain to be seen because this is a seriously talented Orpa and if they do manage to keep him then I think Ghost is only going to go from strength to strength although I think they might be hampered by the fact that Steel cannot play at Valve sponsored events because of his eye by power ban uh, we had uh, Phase versus Optic and uh, this was uh, heartwarming for me being a phase fan because it felt like the phase from last year the sort of five-headed hydra that we saw in their uh, initial tournaments like uh, ESL 1 New York even despite the fact that um Rugger the optic coach looks basically like he's 100% pure viking I don't know if you've noticed that um he looks like he's about to burn someone's house down and and kind of uh, you know slaughter their livestock uh MIBR versus Mouse Sports MIBR actually a creamed mouse sports and uh, uh you know i don't think they're cohe- cohering necessarily completely yet but we are seeing confidence from fall and confidence from cold zero and perhaps as i think uh well some one of the analysts was suggesting yanko's maybe taken a bit of the uh mantle a bit of the um, pressure off fallen to continue to sort of motivate the team and has been the one trying to motivate them instead, giving them schedules, cracking the whip what and whatnot, and just being that person who, who sort of does that outside of Fallen because uh, there was a lot on that guy's shoulders and so perhaps that's what he needed to be freed up. And uh, this, I think, I think they're going to be uh, a force in the major coming up. They're definitely going to be a force, whereas they weren't looking like that maybe a month ago. Ty Lu eliminated Greyhound, Na'Vi eliminated NRG, and then we had Ty Lu versus Astralis, and Ty Lu won the first map, Mirage, then came close to the second overpass, but then were wiped by Astralis on the third. Uh, this was kind of the first real sense that Astralis was much shakier than we've seen them recently. There were flashes of brilliance from Ty Lu, but uh, they're just lacking experience, it seems like. Um, you know, of course, there's always the uh, the uh, fact that they're communicating in three different languages at once. Um, but it was really great to see them playing a tier one European team for once. 
I think they've got a huge amount of potential. There's a lack of stability across the roster, and Excurit didn't really play well at all in this tournament. And I think when Excurit is been, you know, is firing, that's when Tyloo have their upsets. And whew, I don't think we can count them off yet. Anyway, as I said, this was not, uh, this did not bode well for Australis, but we'll get to them in a moment. Navi versus Ghost Gaming. Um, Ghost, uh, I, should, I shouldn't have said they were knocked out because they still did play this best of three. They won the first map. The second one was on Nuke. And uh, I did notice in this nuke map that Navi do this sort of weird alternate forcing. I have noticed this before, but it's become a little more pronounced in their meta, I would say, where maybe only two people buy AKs and the others don't buy or just buy pistols and armor. And um, I think this is actually quite an interesting strat because if you think about it, a round is very rarely won by five players getting frags. It's really often only won by... You know, two two players, two or three players getting kills, and maybe one or two of them getting you know two kills or three kills. So if you have a strategy that requires some, let's say, two people to be opening two sites simultaneously, or one person to be spearheading a push into a site, then why why would you need more guns? The moment they die, someone else can be there close to them to pick up the gun. Then uh, you haven't spent you know all your money on AKs and in the next round you can simply repeat the strat with two other players or the same players being dropped AKs by the people who have saved money anyway interesting strat uh, uh, I think it will be cool to see whether this pays off at the major for these guys um, I should note about Ghost one thing I did jot down was that Crystal's a part of that lineup now too Crystal you might know from Penta which was a bit of a strange pull from Europe to get them get him on that team but uh, according to Steele I think it was in an interview was saying that um, he wanted someone more mature who could just sort of do his own thing and uh, help bolster the younger players with feedback helping with mid-round calls it appears that has been a master stroke Navi did eventually win this and uh, I think it was close because Ghost really just lost their head by the end of the third map Inferno they were doing silly rushes seemed just kind of ill-disciplined uh, the same way a long-time professional team like Na'Vi, uh, you know, th- th- that's the kind of thing that they don't do because they've been in the game so long. You can criticize them as much as you want, but uh, it was the end of this Inferno game that really showed up who was the more professional team. Um, now let's move on to the playoffs. We saw Nip versus Heroic. Uh, Nip were playing its former teammate Freiburg, which was... Um, you know, who do you go for in that scenario when you're a Nip fan? They did end up winning 2-0, and the first game on Nuke was an absolute blowout, 16-4. Uh, Heroic, despite looking okay with Mertz, did not really stand up to the pressure of playing a, a, a really Tier 1 team in the form of Nip. And yes, I think the Nip are Tier 1 at the moment. We had uh, Maiden Brazil versus Australis, and this was the first matchup that really felt like there was a lot of meat on the bone. Uh, map one was overpass, and it and it actually looked at first like MRBR was like a hundred percent back. They were fully firing on the cylinders. We know they can fire on. Um, Fur was doing everything he needed to do. As I said before, Cold Zero and uh, Fallen were doing everything they need to do. But Glaive was absolutely killing it. He was just a monster. Um, and Australis kind of slowly shone a light on the lack of depth to the MIBR roster right now in terms of strats, in terms of communication, in terms of team play. Um, and they slowly picked them apart and uh, eventually mowed them down. I think this is a good sign as to what progress MIBR have made since Yanko joined. Um, it did feel a little weird seeing Yanko congratulating the players with a quick shoulder massage on a successful play. 
Uh, Yanko's on-air persona isn't exactly the warmest, or it hasn't been exactly the warmest in his on-air broadcasts, but it could be that he's a much looser, friendlier guy in person. Uh, Train was the second map, and this was very evenly matched. We all know that Fallen is basically a human turret when he's on the CT side with an AWP, but Astralis eventually edged them out 16-14. The next match was North vs. Na'Vi. Didn't get to see this. North beat Na'Vi 2-0. That was surprising in and of itself, but the uh, greater surprise was yet to come. We also saw FaZe versus Mouse Sports. Uh, this was... This, this should have been phases for the taking. Um, Mouse Sports has seemed overall kind of weaker with Snacks, a little less elastic than when they had Steco for some reason. It almost feels like they've sort of disrupted the force field that the magic combination of players created when they had Steco. It's been pointed out fairly frequently online that Snacks' uh, results have been not that great statistic-wise since he joined Mouse Sports. Um, and it seems like a weird combination of players. Anything, Anyway, uh, one thing that struck me was looking at the behind-the-scenes featurettes on the team. Uh, Snacks was kind of not the biggest verse personality on VP, right? He and Bialy were just kind of far less visible than the big personalities of Taz and Pasha. But then who's the big personality on Mouse Sports? It's basically no one. Even like Chris J, who's ostensibly the IGL, is, is basically just a really chill bro. Um, <laughs> so... Snacks is in a very different um, environment than VP, and uh, who knows whether that that might take a long a long period of adjustment. Um, anyway, as I said, FaZe should have won this best of three because they won cash sixteen one. I mean, they just absolutely ran right over Mouse Sports, and then in Dust two, Mouse Sports won at eleven uh, sixteen to eleven, and then in Map three, they won it the same way. Now the biggest story line of this best of three was of course that a million dollars was on the line for FaZe they were uh, one tournament away from winning the Intel Grand Slam which is four wins out of ten major tournaments in I think it is six months or a year I can't remember Um, but that's reset so now I have to win two more but uh, I don't know if if I was on Mouse Sports and I was friends with the guys on FaZe I don't know how I'd feel about knocking my mate out of a million dollar tournament um anyway sucks for them uh, it's not clear to me exactly what went wrong i was watching this at 3 a.m but it did feel very typical of phase if you're a phase fan uh like me you always kind of get a little flutter of anxiety because even though phase have a ridiculous amount of skill there seems to be a lack of communication uh when the pressure's on that seems to cause these sorts of upsets um I think they've cited their lack of communication in the past and uh, it doesn't seem like it's actually getting any better. So the other semifinals was North versus Mouse Sports and um, map one, North lost this map, which was Dust 2. They lost it 16-0 and it looked like they had absolutely no idea how to play the map. Uh, although I think it is a particularly good map for Mouse Sports, but... Um, it's very difficult to know what that means other than North are basically all about strats as opposed to just raw aim. And we'll get onto that in the next best of three. But uh, map two was Inferno and despite a massive comeback from Mouse, uh, North just held on. And then in Mirage, North narrowly beat out Mouse Sports who, uh, as we know, were considered the best Mirage team 
earlier this year. The grand final, uh, no, sorry, there was one more semi-final. That was Nip versus Australis. Uh, Nip was, of course, playing in their hometown against, uh, in front of all their fans and their families, I assume. Map one was Mirage. Nip got a large lead, couldn't close it out. Australis came back. Get right and Forest were doing fine. Rez stepped up. But actually, it was Dennis who was bottom-fragging and making seemingly some bizarre sort of rushy plays, which is disappointing because not being the IGL anymore, you'd think he'd be freed up to sort of be doing his thing a lot more, doing some more stable fragging, you know, doing the uh, on-server hunting that uh, Dennis is known for. Map two was Nuke, and it felt like Dennis actually got a bit tilted here. He was just running straight into enemies. Overall, it felt like uh, Nip just weren't playing Nuke to the same level as Astralis. Their positioning was out. Uh, they were sort of getting caught on the back foot many times and it felt like the wrong map really for them to be playing. Um, shame to see them go out of the tournament, but uh, I guess somewhat expected. North versus Astralis was the grand final, which was unexpected in and of itself. No one, you know, with teams like MIBR and FaZe in there, it wasn't clear that North were going to go to the grand finals, but there we were. Map one was Dust 2. Now, as I said, North had just lost Dust to 16 nil to Mouse Sports, and then in the most bizarre turnaround, this is on the same day as well, they then beat Astralis 16-1 on the same map. It was so bizarre, and the only explanation I can think for it is that they were heavily, heavily anti-stratting Astralis before this tournament. Now, if you remember, I've mentioned this, you know, enough times to make myself bored by hearing it. But one of the things that um, I really noticed in the PGL Major Krakow 2017 was how heavily Astralis was anti-stratting SK to the point of like this kind of autism in the way they were playing uh, other teams as well. Um, now, in an, in an interview, I think it was either just before this grand final or afterwards, MSL did say that he'd watched over 150 Astralis demos. North have had a lot of time in the player break to get used to watching demos, to get used to practicing. Um, and MSL said that he'd also been watching a lot of uh, device because MSL was on the AWP in this particular tournament. So they obviously knew how Astralis were going to play to a level that was kind of almost bizarre. Um a lot of people said that Astralis didn't look that great, but of course you're not going to look that great if someone knows where and how you're going to be playing. Map 2 um, was Train, and though Astralis beat uh, North in this one, North did come back and beat them on an uh, overpass in the third map. And so I think, you know, it, it, it would have been much harder for North to uh, for Astralis to have watched a bunch of North demos. They really haven't played much apart from DreamHack Valencia when they were playing with a stand-in. Uh, so this wasn't even like a the usual North lineup. In fact, this was Nico's first tournament with those guys, although I think he is a very solid player, as I've said before. Um, and I think uh, uh, perhaps this was Astralis being caught off guard. They have spoken in the past uh, about how much they value giving players rest, especially for their health in player breaks, and perhaps um, having put in a huge amount of effort earlier in the year, to practice and come up with new strats and work out, you know, new sorts of metas and techniques to integrate Magisk in the team. It's probable that they were basically ready for a rest. And uh, if you recall my interview with Flusher, he was pretty cynical about how long they'd stay on top four. He said the honeymoon wouldn't last. 
Um, and it would, he, he gave them like three or four months. And so perhaps this is the beginning of the seesaw on its descent. Although let's be honest, coming second in a major tournament like this, you know, <laughs> it's not an indicator really of that much. Um, but I guess we were expecting them to win. Now, uh, let us move on to the major preview. So I'm going to go over this fairly quickly because the games have actually begun. And as of recording this, Rogue have already begun the first map against Space Soldiers. And unfortunately, I can confirm that their coach... Uh, hard style who's been standing in for engine has only got one kill and 12 deaths and we're already in the 17th round so those poor guys uh struggling although you know they're only one map behind rogue so perhaps xantaras will be able to carry them all the way into the major itself now <clears throat> there are 16 teams who are competing in the major qualifiers they are Australis, Big, Complexity, Gambit, Hellraisers, Liquid, NIP, North, Optic, Renegades, Rogue, Space Soldiers, Spirit, Tyloo, Vega Squadron, and Virtus Pro. Eight teams will come out of those to play the returning legends, Cloud9, FaZe, Fnatic, G2, MIBR, Mouse Sports, Na'Vi, and Windstrike. Australis are, of course, favorites to make it into the qualifiers. Big, after having an amazing run at Cologne, We'll have a lot of eyeballs on them. Complexity, I'm not too sure how they're going to go, but um, I've heard good things. Gambit are, of course, not looking too great after going out pretty hardcore in Stockholm. Blade hasn't seemingly added too much to their fortunes coming in as coach. Uh, Hellraisers haven't been looking that great either. They went down to some... uh, far better teams in Stockholm as well. Liquid, uh, one of the favorites in this group as well. In fact, for some, like Sponge, they are favorites to win the major fully. (sighs) I'm not sure whether that's possible. They've lost to Astralis several times in several grand finals recently, but um, they definitely have the talent and the drive, and it does seem like it could be their time. Um, NIP... Uh, obviously have put up a good showing at uh, Stockholm. I think they're going to need Dennis to really step the F up if they're going to get far. North, uh, obviously hot right now. Whether or not anti-stratting Astralis will prove fruitful in the qualifier stage, I'm not sure, but perhaps their momentum and um, enthusiasm and confidence and uh, MSL being on the AWP is going to take them further than we expect. Plus, they've got Valda, who is basically an emerging god on the scene. Now, Na'Vi, you would think, are shoe-ins for this next uh, stage, but there were some rumors floating around about Flamey not being quite right on the team whether it was him deciding to leave or something going on with him it wasn't clear i think it was stockholm where machine asked uh, edward if there were any you know what was going on with flamey and he said no comment so something was going on there flamey had his worst tournament in ages with that team so unless they get their shit together they may not even make it out of these qualifiers despite having simple and electronic although when you look at uh, some of the other teams like uh Optic, they should. Optic has had a pretty disastrous run in the last few months. They haven't been looking great at all, considering they've got players such as Convig, such as Yugi. But uh, something is going on in that team, 
and it may just be enough to get them knocked out of this qualifier stage. Renegades are, of course, our trusty Australian team. They always perform at a pretty good level, but uh, it's hard to tell what's going to happen with them. We haven't seen them for a little while. Rogue are, of course, looking on the up and up. Uh, whether they've got what it takes to beat Tier 1 teams, I'm not sure yet. Uh, it's nice that Hiko's going to be back at a major. He is one of the older players here at 28. Uh, Space Soldiers, as I said, <sighs> hampered especially by this coaching problem. Um, Spirit, uh, I know absolute jack all about. <laughs> tai Lu, uh, they have all their players for this tournament. Uh, if Excurate goes off, and I think you guys should watch him if you got Go TV, if you're going to watch a major on Go TV, go to his point of view because I think he's a very exciting player to watch. Vega Squadron have really only had their upsets at majors. They're a bit they're a bit flip sidey in that way. We haven't seen them do much. Apparently, according to HLTV, I haven't seen them do anything on LAN really since June. So who knows what the hell's going to go on there? And of course, the final uh, qualifiers team is Virtus Pro. And uh, with Bialy having announced that he was going to leave after the major, I just don't understand why they would be trying at all. It seems like uh, it's like when you go on a holiday with your girlfriend and she's like, you know, after this holiday, the relationship's over. Like, how can you have a good time? <laughs> You're just taking photographs knowing that there's a clock behind you. Um, so I just don't see them doing much at all here, unfortunately, despite uh, probably being a lot more comfortable with Snatchy on the team. Now, uh, in terms of the legends, and I think I'll just go over this now too because I'm probably not going to have time to make another podcast before the actual major itself. Cloud9 have absolutely looked in disastrous form. Um, they did lose, I think, to... Who did they lose to? E United recently for the Epicenter... No, for the IEM Chicago qualifier. Uh, so despite Golden and Sticko's addition to that team, unfortunately, the returning major winners from Boston are not looking like uh, hot favourites at all. Phase, look, uh, if Phase won this um, major... I would probably be the happiest because I just want to see Guardian win a major. I know I said last pod that uh, Bialy was my favorite player in the world, but let's be honest, it's Guardian. Um, and he ties with Alu anyway. <laughs> but I would love to see a phase win. And I think um, old mate Carrigan, it's, it's his time, isn't it? Uh, Fnatic are, of course, in the returning legends. If they don't get their crap together, they're going to get beaten by... Some of the challenges I reckon G2 we haven't seen for a while, have no idea what the hell is going on with their form, although I did uh, notice recently they've been losing to some much, much lower ranked teams on uh, in online matches. MIBR, as I said, might be a bit of an upset here, and if they actually, actually um, sort of really get some momentum and uh, get cooking with their confidence, they may actually recapture some of that fallen magic. Uh, that's always a scary uh, core trio. And I think Tarek and Stewie now have the uh, chutzpah and the cojones to uh, perhaps add a little bit, a bit of magic to that team. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Mouse Sports, I don't think um, are a real contender. I think six months ago, or not even six months ago, you know, two months ago, I would have said so. But... Um, it's 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 unclear how much they they can actually cohere with snacks 
you know, it, it, from Stockholm till the first match they play here, unless they boot camp the crap out of it, I'm not sure, and have sleepovers every night. Uh, now, uh, Navi, uh, for some reason, I uh, I think I spoke about them too soon. Um, but yeah, there's a flaming issue. And then um, Windstrike, who of course are the Quantum Bellator Fire players. Now, Quantum Bellator Fire were basically the uh, dodgeballers of, of the Boston Major. They came from nowhere. They had a, a deep, deep run, and then they basically disappeared into the ether afterwards. Pardon me. They haven't won uh, basically anything in the intervening months, and uh, the players moved over to, to Windstrike, I think because of the uh, salaries perhaps. Um, so, look, <laughs> you know, I'd love to see... Uh, Bumic uh, go go ham at this tournament, but um, the odds are against them. Now, um, uh, I, I don't think I'm really one to do predictions here uh, because there's so much RNG involved in uh, the major. But um, as I said, I'm going to be rooting for FaZe. And uh, if, if FaZe were not to win it, then I think I would root for NIP just because that would just be... The, the greatest of all storylines. Now, uh, in the next three days as well, we are going to have quite a large tournament in the form of DreamHack Montreal, which will be running at the same time as the major. And this is sort of like a, uh, I wouldn't call it the losers tournament, but these are the teams that were just not good enough to get into the the minors uh but uh, some of them you would know and love anyway. We've got the likes of Ents, Ago, Heroic, Imperial, Kingwin, Luminosity, Red Reserve, and a United. And actually, this will be an interesting tournament, even though we'll all probably miss it because we're watching the Major. Uh, but Ago lost Snatchy, so it'll be interesting to see how they are doing. Ents' Cologne form, uh, if it can be repeated, should see them take it. It was a shame not to see them get through. I thought they were actually a better team than Optic in terms of their team play. But if they can take this tournament, um, well, you, you kind of expect that they should be able to take a tournament of this this level. Uh, Heroic had their great showing at Stockholm, and they are actually the highest ranked team here at number 13. Imperial have Esperanto, who is basically, I think, a, an ex-FPL player who everybody was kind of getting excited about. Those guys won the DreamHack Open Summer against teams like Optic, North, Gambit, etc. So they might be another favorite here. Gambit, uh, sorry, Kingwin had a good run at Zotac uh, with old mate Taz. Um, that was a fluke. Remains to be seen. They couldn't... They, they, I think I did predict in my last podcast that they might give MIBR a run for their money. Unfortunately, the dangers of prediction are that you'll always be wrong. And uh, unfortunately, I'm always wrong. And uh, they really didn't put up too much of a fight against MIBR, but they might have a better chance at a tournament like this. Luminosity are, of course, the, basically the best all-Brazilian team right now. And as I said before, A United beat Cloud9 recently for a spot at IEM Chicago. So uh, who knows whether that's just them being on the up and up or Cloud9 being on the down and down. Red Reserve are not so great. Actually, with Red Reserve, their last win on LAN was against a team called Prenus <laughs> uh, at the Epicenter Qualifier, um, at which they were later knocked out by 3D Max. So I don't have uh, large hopes for them. Now, uh, 
just in terms of this podcast, the interviews I've got left on my hard drive are Bolts for Dead from, um, of course, MIBR, although Bolts is no longer with that team. Actually, what the hell is Bolts doing now? That's a very good question. I'm literally going to uh, Google it as we speak. Where is old mate Bolts? I can't believe I don't know this. He's, he's not with the team. How is Bolts not with the team right now? He left uh, MIBR ages ago. Jeez, what a disaster. Um, well, one of the interesting things about that interview is that he's quite sanguine about uh, his sort of near miss with being kicked from that team, which was SK at the time, for I think it was automatic um, and quite professional about it. Uh, the writing must have been on the wall for him for a while before he actually left MIBR. So maybe that will be a, an interesting one to release retrospectively. Um, I think he should be picked up by a team. I don't know why he's out in the wild this long. Uh, the other interviews are Jack, the manager of Ty Lu, and Excurate, of course, of Ty Lu. And then finally, Ethan or Nathan from um, NRG, which is a lovely uh, interview, actually. We talk about all sorts of things. So hopefully I will... Um, clean those up and get them out. The gambling episode I have just put on hold until after the major because, look, there's going to be so much Counter-Strike to watch uh, and you're probably all going to be gambling on it anyway. So uh, <laughs> I'll wait until that's over before I pull that one out. Uh, in terms of the Discord, I did mention last podcast that uh, some of the listeners, well, one listener actually, Gabriel G, had uh, urged me to create a Truth Podcast Discord well, uh, one of you uh, also contacted me on Twitter, uh, Trace of Base, and said you were interested in uh, a Truth Discord as well and would help set it up. So it actually has been set up as of today. Now, I've gone onto Discord for the first time in a long time, and it still absolutely uh, assaults me with the amount of boxes and names and rooms in it. I find that the most confusing a UI... Ever. I don't know if it's me being in my 30s, but I just find it like I have a meltdown when I look at it. So anyway, that's going to take me a little while to get used to using. But uh, I think there's going to be some rooms like uh, Toxic Player of the Week, uh, podcast topic suggestions and whatnot. So if you're interested in that, I will be posting the link to it on my Twitter and uh, probably on my SoundCloud and probably on the website, thetruthcsgo.com. Uh, and you are, of course, most welcome to join. Uh, I'm not sure what the rules will be right now. Apparently, rules are a thing that you make for a Discord channel. And I'm not even sure how much time I'm going to have to be on there because uh, I do have a full-time job outside of this podcast. And it's a it's a strug. It's a, it's a daily strug. It's a weekly strug to get this potty out full stop. So um, perhaps it'll be nice, though, to have someone uh, to chat to whilst watching... CSGO. So if you're interested in having a chat about the um, games, probably, then then uh, during the, the major, get into this Discord and uh, you'll be able to hear the, the absolutely uh, priceless, insightful analysis uh, from yours truly during the team play. Now, uh, if you uh, want to get in touch, the truth at thetruthcsgo.com, that's my email, or via the twits, at the truth CSGO and uh, tell me what you want me to talk about because it's all going to be about the major next step 
and then after that it's all going to be about gambling um but if you have any suggestions i'll take them on board all right till next time enjoy the game